okay, I want to answer uh, as many questions as I can, even though there are too many here. Uh, can one still feel his uh, breathing when in fourth jhana, like uh, uh, contracting and expanding, feeling for breathing uh, out, breathing in respectfully? Uh, <coughs> Yes, you feel the breath uh, through uh, the fourth jhana. Uh, because it is always uh, there, uh, since the breath is very clean and pure, even when the mind is uh, uh, mindfulness and equanimity are clear and purified, even with that state of mind, you experience the breath. Although there are no wording, no conceptualizing, you just feel the breath. Next question. Will developing metta meditation uh, strengthen or help uh, chuti chitta? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, definitely, metta meditation uh, help chuti chitta is a technical term used in Abhidhamma. Uh, meaning the thought at the moment of uh, death. That means uh, it's a very complicated thing. Anyway, there's a, the moment of last thought moment is very definitely conditioned by metta practice. That is why it is said as the result of metta, there are 11 benefits. One of them is uttaring appatvijyanto brahma gohoti. If one has not attained full enlightenment, then one would be reborn in brahma realm. So the third moment has to be charged, fully charged with the thought of metta for one to be reborn in Brahma realms. Then uh, attaining jhana is not something I feel is a goal for me. Is that bad? I want to practice calm, uh, practice calm uh, practice calm the mind and uh, develop equanimity and it seems to me that uh, thinking about jhana whether I am there or in the neighborhood etc. would be a distraction. 
I think this is also a good question. Uh, that is not uh, your cup of tea, but you came to see how other people look like when they are in jhanas, perhaps. Uh, you don't worry about it. Uh, all you need is uh, <coughs> even to gain true, deep, real insight, you have to overcome your hindrances. You just do that. Don't worry about jhanas. Overcome your hindrances and make the mind clear and straight, concentrated. If jhana comes, don't throw it away. <laughs> Accept it. Can you please give a practical example of how there is no I, me, or mind in our perceptions, volitionals, volitions, and consciousness? <coughs> how can I say this? Practical example. My practical example of uh, Have you ever seen uh, longitude, latitude, Capricorn, equator? Have you ever seen it? Never. But these are conventionally accepted uh, marks of geography on the map, on the map. So, uh, somehow we can go there. They even divide uh, from one longitude to the next longitude, this is this much minutes, this many hours, and so forth, and hours are calculated from California to here, how many longitudes are there. How many time zones are there? Time zone, longitude, and so forth. All are concepts. Very practical concepts. Very practical. Similarly, uh, me, mine, and I are very important practical concepts. Uh, even though you will never you study anything under the sun. Science, mathematics, physics, chemistry, philosophy, biology, anything. And you will use all your knowledge, even your common sense, to see if there is one called I. Whenever you, if you find it, Please come and show me, I will definitely accept it. You prove me that self is such and such and such and such, mind is such and such and such, uh, I is such and such and such. You prove to me, I will accept it. Until then, don't worry about it. You cannot find it. That much I can say, 
uh, to answer this question, otherwise it takes a very long time to get involved in a long discussion. What does the uh, Nimitta look like? Nimitta look like Nimitta. Uh, it is what is called sign of concentration. That means, uh, for instance, when sun rises, when sun rises, you see the sign of rising sun, dawn. Then seeing the dawn, you see, ah, sun is rising. Similarly, uh, suppose a vehicle is coming, you hear the sound, faint sound and slowly, slowly, slowly sound increases, then you see the vehicle. If it at night, you see the light very far away. You are on a bump. And you are driving this way, car coming with headlight on towards you, over the bump. Seeing that light in the pitch dark, you see, car is coming. So that light is a sign of the car coming. Similarly, when you are gaining concentration, before true concentration, you have a very tiny little bright light in your mind. And uh, it keeps brightening and brightening and brightening your mind and that the luminosity of the mind will arise with the jhana. And Buddha said this in Anguttara Nikaya, Pabhasara middham vikkiva chittam tanchako agantuke upaklesa upakritam tang asutva putujjana napijanati tasma asutavastha putujjana Chitta bhavana namanati, the mind is luminous, but it becomes, uh, it, it becomes uh, polluted by adventitious defilements. Therefore, normally ordinary people don't know it. Therefore, they do not practice concentration meditation. Chitta bhavana, concentration meditation. When they know that, they practice chitta bhavana or concentration meditation, then they can reach that luminous state of mind. Luminosity means shining uh, something brightly. And the first sign of its appearance is the little spark of light and that becomes brighter and brighter. By then, when you, before you see the bright in 
a spark of light. All your hindrances are all gone. Mind is very calm, peaceful, and ready to gain concentration. But <coughs> sometimes people, without having any meditation experience, as soon as they said they have uh, bright light, that you ought to you got to forget. That is not a real uh, sign of concentration. I think this much, if you remember these examples and uh, this explanation, you will be okay. You can understand it. Then. Next question. During most uh, uh, meditation uh, meditation sessions, I feel it uh, feel uh, it uh, throbbing between my eyebrows. It is not at all painful, though it does make it. Uh, harder to be aware of my breath at my nostrils. Uh, should I pay any special attention to this? Uh, through uh, this throbbing. Okay. <coughs> uh, if you feel throbbing between your eyebrows here, Uh, if it is very strong, very uh, significant, uh, pay attention but relax. But don't get upset. Uh, this is sometimes, this can be interpreted as headache or uh, some, uh, something else. But don't do anything else. Just keep paying attention to it and relax your mind. Don't develop your fear. Then it will disappear. You feel very uh, great relief of this throbbing sensation. Okay. <coughs> Next question. Why does the body heat up in deep meditation and air comes out of the ears or so it seems. Now, you may be doing something uh, not recommended uh, to have uh, this experience. Uh, normally, uh, In a deep meditation, uh, you f must feel uh, calming, relaxing, and peaceful mental state rather than heat uh, in your deep meditation. Especially if you feel air going through your ears, uh, then you may be uh, striving very hard, unnecessary pressure you exert uh, to 
have this experience. I would advise you not to do that. Uh, and next time when you meditate, if you have that uh, sensation, uh, just relax and uh, see how much uh, unnecessary uh, exertion you apply uh, and then you relax and reduce it. Normally it doesn't happen. <coughs> Why when I meditate long hours, uh, I sleep less. Also my sleep is different, like it, like if I were alert in sleep. Surely when you meditate long hours, you gain sufficient uh, rest to your uh, neurons. And that is very, that is uh, equivalent to your sleeping state. The difference is in sleeping state you don't, you are not aware, but in meditation state you are aware. So, uh, you get enough rest uh, during meditation, therefore you don't need too much sleep to get, uh, to have more sleep. So the difference between this is that. So, uh, that is why uh, even the Buddha recommended to be Jagaryanu uh, Yutto. That means we must uh, train ourselves to stay awake and alert at night. Teeth. Normally in the regular society, people uh, want to sleep eight hours. Surely you need eight hours sleep, but if you meditate, you don't need eight hours sleep. If you meditate, you, you replace your rest uh, that you get from sleeping by meditation. So don't worry about it. This is very usual thing. You will not uh, be tired. All the things that is necessary to be repaired in our body, brain will repair them and you feel fresh. You have uh, uh, you have described you have described jhana as a step on the path toward Nibbana. Uh, what uh, benefit does jhana, uh, jhana practice have for everyday life that uh, other forms of meditation uh, practice do not? Also, if all hindrances are dissolved in jhana, but jhana is impermanent, do the hindrances uh, return at, as uh, uh, as before, when the jhanic state ceases or when you stop meditation, meditating. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, on the path towards Nibbana. Uh, jhana practice uh, is definitely is helping to attain Nibbana. I mentioned two ways when you practice jhana. Either you go on the Nibbanic way or you go on other developing supernatural powers and going to higher jhana and so forth. And these two are possible. <coughs> there are several suttas where you can see this Atthaganagara uh, Sutta in Majjhimnikaya and I think several Jhana Sutta in Anguttara Nikaya and in Sanguttara Nikaya you can find this even Diga Nikaya when you practice jhana, uh, that definitely leads to attaining Nibbāna. Yeah, the other question is when you have uh, suppressed all your hindrances when you attain jhana. Uh, as jhana is itself is impermanent, uh, when you lose jhana, hindrances will come back. That is very uh, normal thing. In order to stay in uh, that state, you got to re-attain it again and again whenever you lose it. So, next question. Uh, just thought would mention for comp uh, uh, completeness sake. In the Kalama Sutta, the Buddha also mentions if you see that an action is wholesome, uh, praised by the wise, and when uh, carried out and uh, undertaken, leads to long-term welfare and happiness, then adapt it. That is true. What is this wholesome? Uh, praised by the wise uh, is given in the sutta as uh, four Brahmavyara and other wholesome thoughts uh, like uh, uh, practicing morality, uh, gaining concentration, gaining insight, all these are wholesome things, but specifically mentioned for Brahmaviharas. That is why I uh, mentioned it in my talk. Okay, you are uh, uh, remark is very, very useful, very good that you brought out something uh, to refresh my memory. I experience a lot of uh, self-pressure, uh, 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 concentration, uh, criticism, upset. I try to practice metta to myself, uh, 
karuna and karuna but it uh, isn't easy how can i practice metta for myself thank you i also practice for to others anyway uh, you know practicing metta to oneself is uh, not very difficult in the first place uh, what is the opposite of metta anger when anger arises if you nourish it are you kind to yourself <laughs> when anger arises it uh, bites you up inside it hurts you you don't do anything that hurt you if you love yourself and therefore you have to relax and let go of anger in order to love yourself practice metta to yourself any negative thing you do anything that hurt you if you let it happen if you nourish it you don't love yourself very simple uh, don't ask anybody how to practice metta to yourself you look inside and see how it how anger hurts you how jealousy hurt you how tension hurts you if you love yourself you let go of all this and then metta arises you relax and metta arises uh, when hearing pali do you uh, recommend learning uh, l- learning how to uh, translate english to pali as well as pali to english uh, when we learn uh, we l- did not learn Uh, to translate from pali to english and vice versa we learn to translate from singlish to pali and pali to singlish because when we were learning we did not learn uh, pali and english we learn singlish and english sanskrit and singlish and so forth so nowadays since there are so many resources we can use pali to translate into english and vice versa but i normally don't do it all the time why should i trouble myself good translations are available english translation good scholars who know both have translated pali into english i use them okay <coughs> i notice uh, paying mindful attention was not one of the uh, one of the nutrients nutrients of uh, worry and restlessness uh, would you discuss this uh, further paying mindful attention was not one of the 
one of the nutriments of a denutriments of worry and restlessness. Uh, it is we find it in the in our practice and our experience and even in texts. When we are mindful uh, uh, of restlessness and worry, we see why we are restless and why we worry. Mindfulness can see that. And therefore, uh, in order to uh, starve restlessness and worry to death, starve to death, is practicing mindfulness. When we are mindful, we see the root of all this. Because in mindfulness there is a Yonisomanasika, mindful reflection. We can see why and how restlessness and worry arise and then we deal with the root of it. That is what we do with mindfulness. I don't have time to elaborate one question or one answer because there are so many questions to answer. Uh, I try to give us, uh, I try to answer all the questions. I can do it if I give short answers. What is the healthy long-term approach to attaining jhanas? So they are uh, natural uh, results of uh, journey of efforts over time. I ask uh, because sometimes it feels uh, stressful, uh, confusing to practice jhana, and that uh, more groundwork may be necessary to uh, later on practice them with uh, readiness. I would not. Uh, uh, force somebody to attain jhana, it must come naturally. You know, friends, we use these technical terms, jhana, hindrances, and so forth. I would not even use the term when I want to practice. Uh, I don't keep thinking of the jhana, first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, this hindrance, that hindrance, and so forth. Forget about all these terms. You just pay attention to your breathing and whatever problems arises, you just let it go and you will be okay. You will be on the right track. Since this is a Jhana retreat, we have to talk about all these technical terms. I would not worry about it. Take it easy. Uh, during Jhana's state, some to uh, some to create a tendency for attainment, which is. Uh, counterproductive. 
is there any uh, benefit for uh, detailed understanding of which jhana uh, you are in? Detailed understanding of which, you are, which jhana you are in. Or is it just uh, allow always to be used as a tool for insight to uproot defilements. Uh, concentration is the tool. You sharpen the tool by practicing jhana. When the tool is blunt, then concentration you cannot gain. So you know, in order to gain concentration, you overcome all these uh, obstacles, and then mind becomes sharp and clean, and then inside practice would be very easy. What do we do in, in inside meditation? We see anicca dukkhanatta, impermanent, unsatisfactoriness and selflessness in the most minute way to develop, uh, to get rid of greed, hatred and delusion. Okay? In short, again I must repeat, we practice mindfulness uh, we gain concentration to sharpen our mind, to develop mindfulness, so that in when we develop mindfulness, we see anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanent, unsatisfactoriness and selflessness, to overcome greed, hatred and delusion. Or when you overcome greed, hatred and delusion, Anicca, dukkha, anatta becomes clear. On, on the other hand, when anicca, dukkha, anatta is clear, greed, hatred and delusion fades away. For this purpose we practice concentration and insight. How can we meet death and uh, dying skillfully? My uncle died uh, suddenly at a mall. There may have been a few uh, seconds uh, recognition. Others have hours, days, weeks, etc. When we know it is imp uh, imminent, how can we best uh, invest our remaining moments. I think you cannot all of a sudden uh, get into a very calm, peaceful state of mind without, pre without preparing in advance. When all of a sudden, uh, uh, if somebody dies very slowly for a long period of time, uh, suffering uh, because of certain sickness and so forth, uh, 
then the person has time to uh, think, uh, uh, meditate, uh, practice meditation on death. Somebody, I just attended the funeral, that person lived for about 18 years with a massive, several massive heart attack with uh, defibrillations and uh, pacemakers and all this. And uh, that person, a doctor him, herself, was talking about uh, death, uh, meditation and so on. And then uh, with her consent and doctor's consent, husband's consent, they removed defibrillations and uh, pacemakers and so forth and signed her for, sign up her for hospice. But she lived for another five months. And during that time, uh, she was, she knew that she is going to die and she has plenty of time to meditate and I heard that she talked to her husband and asked, consoled her husband and so forth. One morning she passed away. I think she had time to prepare. Not everybody is so lucky to uh, meditate on it. Then something happened very quickly. We have no way to prepare for it. However, this is the benefit of meditation. If we keep meditating, 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 then the mind is so well prepared to face death any moment. So I encourage you to meditate. Could you point out the uh, location in the suttas for the five methods for sense restraint you mentioned? Uh, I cannot uh, remember the particular sutta, uh, but I got this information in my uh, reading, and therefore I cannot uh, offhand remember the sutta. Perhaps uh, one of these days I might go through my uh, text and might find out. <coughs> what is the English word for Iddipada? Will uh, determination, effort and investigation? Thank you. Iddi, Iddi means uh, uh, really Iddi means accomplishment. Uh, that is gaining supernatural powers. One English word, uh, do you remember English word for that? Iddipada? No. So, I, uh, but Pali word Iddi means uh, accomplishment. Along with that there is a, a Sanskrit word called Samurdhi or Samiddhi in Pali. So, Iddi there is accomplishment which is divided into various categories, uh, 
supernatural powers, uh, reading others' thoughts, and uh, hearing the sound of for long distance and so forth. All these are uh, accomplishments that one gain through the practice of jhana. And therefore all of them clustered together and named as iddipada. Pada means base, foundation. So normally we translate it foundation for uh, accomplishments of supernatural powers or gaining supernatural powers. Uh, these past few days I have meditated a lot uh, more than uh, compared to home. Uh, some sitting goes well, some sitting uh, not so well. I uh, realized that I need to cultivate a good metta before meditation for it, uh, for it to go well. What is the relationship between metta and concentration? Is metta the same as uh, Piti Sukha? Well, Piti Sukha arises from metta. Uh, metta means uh, uh, wishing well-being of all living beings. Uh, so that definitely relax our mind and mind becomes uh, very pliable, workable and uh, at because of that attainment we gain concentration. So metta practice, I think I mentioned it even this morning and in afternoon uh, one of the benefits of metta practice is gaining concentration very quickly. It's called Tuvatankittang Samadhyati. Mind gains concentration very quickly. And uh, there are 11 benefits. The last one, as I mentioned, is that at the moment of death, if the mindfulness, what you call metta practice, is very strong, and if we do not use it to attain higher stages like stream entry and so forth, then the person will die with metta consciousness and reborn in higher realm called Brahma realm. So it has uh, many benefits. I think you read it in Anguttara Nikaya, 11th ch chapter, uh, where all the 11 benefits are mentioned. This is called Metta Nisansa Sutta. Metta Anisansa. Anisansa means benefit. It is in that Vandana book, yes. You look at the table of contents, page I think 86 or 82, uh, you can see the benefits. Okay. During today's uh, talk on sleepiness uh, part, you mentioned that uh, seeing light or brightness that uh, comes by itself as dangerous. Why is that? Because it uh, confuses the meditator. 
That is why it is dangerous. A meditator thinks, oh, I'm going to attain jhanas. As soon as you said in ten minutes, you have bright light. Then you say, oh, I'm done. Attain jhanas. That is the danger. Danger. That very light can confuse us, can confuse you. But if the light, as I mentioned earlier, uh, arises through the development of mind, overcoming hindrances, and uh, be just before gaining concentration, if light arises, that is not dangerous because you have already prepared your mind to accept it. And you know the steps. The light that appears all of a sudden for near no reason, you don't know how you got it and you get confused. That is the danger. Also, when I meditate and have a metta thought or piti or sukha, I can see that any mind will get uh, brighter. Is this dangerous? No. When you really develop piti and sukha, piti means uh, piti is something that the mental state that arises slowly and gradually. Sukha is the culmination of this uh, mental state. I, I think, I don't know, somebody mentioned it. Suppose you are traveling in a desert, very thirsty, hungry, fear-stricken, and uh, is dry, uh, full of worries, and you see somebody coming towards you with wet hair, wet clothes, fresh face, and very uh, happy. Then you ask him, uh, Mister, I am also travelling in the same desert, but look at me, I am full of worries and so forth. But you look very fresh, uh, wet clothes and so forth. What is your secret? He would say, I just happened to see a pond or oasis in the desert, and I jumped in it, swam, drank water, and, and uh, ate uh, lotus bud and so forth and came to the bank and relaxed, so I am walking. Hearing that you will be delighted, joy arises in your mind. So as you f go in the direction that this man came, you see birds flying to that pond, then your joy increases. As you approach, you can hear children uh, playing, you know, talking, uh, screaming in high pitch. That's what children do when they get together, they get excited. You hear that, then you will be more delighted. As you go in, you can see people going in and out, coming out, swimming and so forth. You become more delighted. And then you jump into the water, and eat lotus but drink, drink water and so forth and so on. Then you come out of the, uh, the, the bank of the, the pond and relax. <sighs> what a happiness! So up to that point, you have, you are preparing. 
that is joy, which increases, according to some commentaries, five type of joys, slowly, slowly, starting with goosebumps on your skins, and slowly, slowly increases. So, if brightness and happiness uh, arises like this, you don't have to worry, because you see it coming. If all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all, everything appears in you, that is the time you have to be very careful not to dwell on it. Okay, another question. <coughs> Many uh, distinguished monks have uh, written about the uh, about and describe the jhanas in ways that are quite different from one another. What can the lay practitioner uh, take away from that to inform his or her own practice? Most meditators, most books are written on the other book, uh, on the information, from the information they got from other books. Uh, and therefore the descriptions can be different. But the real, somebody who is really interested in practice, jhana, uh, must read what the Buddha taught, which are recorded in text. And then, from, th from that material, one can uh, gain very good, rich information for one's own practice. Uh, I would say uh, that is very safe way to uh, gain, get information, but that is too tedious because Buddha has not put all of them in a, uh, in very great detail. However, I like to recommend if somebody is interested in reading, read Pot. Pada Sutta in Diga Nikaya. Potta Pada Sutta in Diga Nikaya. And uh, try to follow that. And in uh, uh, several suttas in Majjim Nikaya, uh, where some of the things that we have mentioned, especially hindrances, are mentioned. Uh, in uh, what you call Samanya Palasutta in Madhiganikaya, Samanya Palasutta, uh, you read it, there uh, the description, similes are given, and uh, uh, the most uh, popular one book to read is Visuddhi Magga. 
that is only about 800 pages, uh, not too much. <coughs> but the thing is that if you read all of them, you get very, very confused because so much details, you can get lost in details. So, simplest two suttas is Samanyapala Sutta in Diginikaya, Pottapada Sutta in Diginikaya. Can one develop unconditional metta? What are the conditions that limits one's metta practice? Limit is uh, that I practice metta to you if you do this to me. That is a limit. Or <laughs> I practice metta to everybody but not that guy. <laughs> Those are the limits. Unconditional is we go beyond all these limits. Don't put marking lines. Don't make any distinction. All living beings you put in one melting pot. Like the United States, melting pot. You put everybody in one. And think these are all living beings. Whether they are my brothers, husband, wife, sister, children, friend, enemy, uh, whatever. Don't think of these terms. And that kind of practice is called unconditional practice. In the theory jhana, uh, one, two, three, four seem to be uh, clearly and uh, sharply distinguished. Is the experience while meditating of passing from excess concentration to jhana one, from first to first jhana to second, etc., the experience of uh, the sharp and sudden transformation or is it uh, more like gradual evolution? Actually, it is uh, gradual in the sense, but uh, when one state, so for instance, first jhana, you got to recognize what first jhana is in your own experience, you know. But don't try to label it. You only know that your hindrances are no longer there. And you only know that you are from all busy hustle, bustle, busy activities and you are alone and quiet. You know that. And then inwardly you feel uh, joy and happiness. You know that. When you have all this uh, uh, signs, you are in first jhana. So you may lose it as soon as one of these hindrances will come, will come back. 
you lose it. You, you, since you remember how you went there, you can repeat it. You can repeat and repeat and repeat. And then one day, uh, you see that you are bored with repetition of the same state. And you are not interested in all this uh, uh, initial thought and even metta, uh, generosity, compassion and so forth. You have settled down, settled down, all this settled in your mind. Then you are no longer excited about them. And then naturally mind glides to the second jhana. So until then, you repeat it. When you are in the second jhana, also the same thing happens. You are getting relatively uh, tired of attaining the same thing again and again. Then you drop them off your mind and then mind goes to the second, third. Like that, it happens in a way, gradually, and when the mind is ready, it jumps to the next one. So both are correct. Practice is gradual. Attainment is when the practice is complete and ready, then the attainment is quick. Okay. What are the characteristics of existence? <coughs> characteristics of existence are anicca, dukkha, anatta. These are the characteristics of all existing things. Uh, everything is very clearly marked, no mistake. But we must see the marks very clearly. Next question, can you please give us the English translation of the Padhana and the four listed under it? Also please explain a bit on them besides the restraint which, uh, which you have done so. Okay. Padhana is uh, striving uh, making effort. First is restraint. Just sangara padana. Second is uh, 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 what you call uh, uh, sangara pahana. Pahana padana. Third is bhavana padana. Fourth is anurakhana padana. Uh, I think detail before you go, see in the Noble Eightfold Path in this Vandana book. We have mentioned all the details there. Uh, striving to prevent something happening. Suppose you have never lied to anybody in your entire life. Now you are 40 years old. So the last 40 years you have never lied to anybody. Then don't start it. That is restraint. Suppose you, at the age of 40, for your bad luck, you meet a friend. He is sort of 
kind of friend, not true friend. And he tells you to tell a white lie. Don't worry, we all tell white lies occasionally. Without lying, we cannot give. It is as a necessary. Tell a little bit. Then don't start it. That is, and yet, occasion comes out that uh, you follow your friend's advice. You tell it. Then, <coughs> first is prevention. Second is overcoming. Then you told lie once, and then you decide, I will never do it again. Third effort is called Sangurapahana Bhavana. Bhavana means cultivating mind. So you determine not to tell lie again, and that's the principle. You develop this principle. Arouse this principle in your mind again and again and again. And that's called bhavana. Bhavana padhana. Fourth is anurakkana. What you have determined to practice, you protect and safeguard that principle. That is anurakkana. What are the next question? What are the difference among uh, defilements? fetters, uh, taints, uh, other categories and so forth, difference, okay. Uh, defilement, uh, defilements, all the fetters, hindrances and uh, all these fall under the category of defilements. That which defile our mind is defilement. Then the subdivisions are uh, hindrances, fetters, taints, and so forth. Fetters are ten in number, which we overcome when we attain higher stages of supramundane attainment. Taints are called influx or underlying tendencies. When, the, uh, when they are there, they nourish the root of fetters. So the final, last, very, uh, the most subtlest, subtle state of defilements are called taints. And they are gross and most powerful are called fetters. And their temporary manifestations are called hindrances. In the Nivarana and uh, Nirvana, in uh, is, isn't nirvana a material goal if when one does something and uh, and uh, wants something in return now nirvana is not material attainment and it is not something you ask the question, isn't nirvana a material goal? No, it is not material goal. If when one uh, choose, when one does something and wants something in 
written uh, that is not uh, that has nothing to do with nirvana or attainment of non return <coughs> this morning you mentioned about uh, uh, patience is it one of the ten paramis definitely yes very true uh ten paramis means ten mental states called perfections please elaborate and teach us uh how to cultivate this patience uh friend uh, whoever wrote this question i wish i had enough time to teach you how to be patient <laughs> <laughs> you live in bhavana for one week you will see how to practice patience and be in my position <laughs> to juggle with all these balls up in the yeah when one moves from uh, samatha to vipassana are you supposed to observe the uh, changes and feeling of body uh, samatha to vipassana you are when we are moving friends it is a very very fine delicate mental state meaning you gain concentration when you gain true real right concentration in that state all you do is direct your mind to see impermanence unsatisfactoriness and selflessness or how they work with four noble truths when impermanence is there dukkha suffering arises why we try to cling to impermanent things trying to cling to impermanent things is definitely suffering because we cannot cling to anything it is a mere thought what are we trying to cling to something we like something impermanent what we try to get we don't get it that is suffering we can see this very tricky but very practical thing happening in us when we gain deep true right concentration then you are practicing vipassana the moment you so see impermanence which leads to suffering you practice vipassana so it uh, naturally transform one state to the other i have noticed a similarity in metta we uh, expand the the feelings the analogy is in the 
jhana has the monk uh, expanding, spreading piety throughout the entire body. Is there a similarity? Actually, piety, you don't deliberately spread all over your body. You don't do that deliberately, intentionally. It really happens when this mental state is ready. It happens to you. I can give you a very a practical, negative, what you call example. Suppose you are walking on the Bhavana property, all of a sudden, without any expectations, all of a sudden, tiger jump in front of you. Opening his mouth, you know, growling and raising his tails and with a loud voice. What happened to you? All your, you, you will be stunned and goosebumps arise in you. Your legs and hands all freeze. Have you planned this in advance? Or you cultivate this in advance deliberately? No. Similarly, this is a negative example, but in positive way, when the joy arises slowly and gradually, as I mentioned earlier in the desert uh, encounter with two people, when it arises, along with the rising of increasing of joy, jo the whole body, every uh, part of a body slowly, slowly change with this feeling. When you are in the jhanic stage, that joy comes to culmination, climax. That is why at that state you feel or your body is charged with joy and happiness uh, completely. I think the example <coughs> given in text is uh, using uh, bad powder, putting into a basin and stirring, sprinkling water from time to time, stirring it, and then eventually all the bad powder dissolves in the water. Uh, you cannot separate one single grain of powder. Similarly, entire body is filled and saturated with joy and happiness when you are in the first jhana. This happens naturally, you don't deliberately do it. Okay, how do we arouse cult and cultivate Adithana, Viriya, Chanda? These three are so helpful. When they arise, how can they be uh, skillfully developed and made to be uh, reliable, uh, reliably, reliably, and easily available to support the practice and path. Uh, I wish had I had uh, 
no time and energy to explain these things in detail. Adhitthana uh, uh, means determination. You determine to pursue your practice. Viriya, what you call chitta. Uh, that's the determination. Uh, you cannot determine anything without preparing. You practice, it's called uh, Chitta, Samadhi, Sankara, Samannagatang, Iddipadam Bhaveti. Chitta, Samadhi, Sankara, Samannagatang, Iddipadam Bhaveti. With determination, you attain Jhana, Samadhi. And uh, uh, that, with that attainment of Jhana, you develop this, what you call supernatural powers. Similarly, Virya, Chanda and so forth, each of them we have to uh, practice uh, again and again until it comes to uh, sort of perfection to attain jhanic stage. In, then you develop the jhanic stage and sharpen it uh, and uh, attain, after attaining fourth jhana, in the first jhana you cannot do it, second, third you cannot do it, you have to attain the fourth jhana, then you determine or divert your attention to practice other supernatural powers. Okay, next question. Does mindfulness practice mean to drop all thoughts about the past and future and only uh, think of the uh, present moment. Also, is mindfulness the same as uh, equanimity? Mindfulness, you become mindful of equanimity and mindfulness, the, uh, the experience is balanced state of mind. Even in the factors of enlightenment, one factor that balances everything is mindfulness. Therefore, it has some characteristic of equanimity. That is why when we attain the fourth jhana, both equanimity and mindfulness get purified because of this affinity between these two. So, <coughs> sometimes I am afraid that I will die without uh, having arrived at the stream entry and that I will uh, continue in samsara for who knows how long. If we do not attain sotapanna in this life, what can we do to at least give rise to a favorable rebirth so we can continue progress in progress uh, safely, okay. I think that's a very uh, good uh, spiritual urgency, thought of spiritual urgency. Try to attain first level of enlightenment, stream entry right now in this life. Keep that in mind. 
I want to attain the stream entry in this life. And then work towards it. Practice meditation. Even if you have not attained the stream entry in this life, your practice of meditation will bring you to a very wholesome life after death. Because you die with clean state of mind, even though your fetters are still there, you have not attained the stream entry, at least you have a hundred percent trust in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, morality, and with this trust you keep practicing meditation, and there is no force on earth that can change your mind or change your, uh, what you call, state of mind to uh, different state at the moment of death. So you prepare your mind till the last moment, then you will. So the goal is to attain the stream entry in this very life. I wish you luck, I wish you success and attain that state and today's session is finished. <laughs> <coughs>